Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Maura Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fat Field Family Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Vega, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Maura. How are you, my love? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I'm super excited. We we uh we just got some some raw dairy, got some raw milk like and some gone. raw cream. It's half gone already because of Desmond. Because <laughs> of Desmond, for sure. Yeah. He was already asking me for more. I'm like, dude, stop. We're, he, he is a milk fiend. He was um, the same for breast milk, so I'm like... It's terrible. <laughs> so um, we're bringing some raw milk back into our lives. We're, mm-hmm. we're bringing in some some things that we think will be helpful for us as people who are very concerned with performance and also sticking to a strict carnivore diet during this um, carnivore 75 hard. Um, what have you been doing? I'd like to say real quick kind of some of the things you've been doing because... What do you mean? Well, most people... I don't want to say most people, but a lot of people, they're doing this challenge because they're like, you know, this is, this is the hard time of year uh, or they're stalled or something. But we're not in the same position. We're, we're already very lean and we are also focused on performance. Um, what, what's been your experience so far with Carnivore 75 Heart as far as like your, your weight and all that? So um, my experience so far has been a roller coaster kind of because it's very up and down. Um, I feel like the moment that I said, yes, I kind of regretted it, but I'm not a quitter. So I'm in it and I'm going to go for it. But you guys know me. So, you know, that I'm a moderator, but I'm also a rebel and I don't like the rules. And so the rules, I actually do better without rules. So I feel like I was so strict with carnivore and I was doing so good with carnivore, no big deal, no cravings. And then like the minute that I agreed, I was like, I need a non-carnivore food, which I don't, but like, it's just like the obsession, but it's getting better now that, you know, the good thing is that the challenge is long. So it's like long enough. I mean, it's not like, obviously that's a hard part of it, but the fact that it is long helps me get through it, you know? And what about, what about adapt to it? But my, are you talking about like the fact that I'm super right? Right. And that was my concern, honestly, initially going into the challenge. Because my my knee-jerk reaction for saying yes had everything to do with the gratitude and the compliment portion. Because that was just something that was recurring from in my life. Like, I just felt like, you're so good at that. You're always complimenting people. And I have so many instances where I've, like, like you know those moments where you're like, oh, I don't know. I just see a lady that I, like, I really tr- genuinely like her dress. And I'm like, man, I should have told her something. And so that was one of the reasons, but I was worried about being very strict on carnivore because I do disintegrate, Yeah. but I don't, you get very lean. Very. I do. I get very, very lean, but, um, I don't know. I, I think that there's, um, maybe we shouldn't fear that anymore. Like, I feel like that's been something that has been said over time. Women shouldn't be lean. We should, women shouldn't be lean, but we have Deanna who's just like, you know, open my eyes to the fact that you can be healthy hormonally and have a six pack. Yeah, that's true. But you have been doing a few things to kind of, you mean like, do you mean like the, the like the yogurt and stuff? Right. So I've been, um, yeah, using yogurt and honey to maintain my carb cycles. 
and to, you know, kind of just give me a boost if I feel like I'm getting too lean. Yeah, something. Because I mean, I'll drop three pounds in like a day. Because think about it. We're doing we're doing daily fasting. We're doing right. I wasn't fasting as much. I was more listening to my body. But yeah. And and before we were doing probably most days, like maybe 16 to 20 hours. Right, right. But, but I would have like days, one or two days during the week that same. I would wake up hungry and be like, mm, I should eat. Same. So um for now, for me, I, I am going to um hold off on the honey for now, but I can definitely say that my workouts are not the same without super starch. Yeah, the workouts not. definitely feel more uh, struggle bus. Yeah. Sure. So um we'll see if the if the um, the raw dairy helps with that. And if it doesn't, what about then honey? Maybe I'm gonna I'll try consider that. like pre workout pre workout honey. Honey. I might consider that. But let's uh let's get into the podcast. Yes. Because we have a very cool guest today. Our guest this week is a close friend of ours who was born in Eugene, Oregon on December seventh, nineteen fifty one. The youngest of twins and fifth of six six boys. Wow. He moved to Memphis, Tennessee in 1952, which is, by the way, where he got his y'all from, <laughs> uh, where he lived for the next 13 years. And during that time, his mother's alcoholism took over her life, and he and his brothers were left pretty much on their own without guidance. Somehow, they managed not to kill themselves or each other. Needless to say, their diets all sucked. Fast and junk food were the order of the day for every meal. The school served hot dogs and PB and J sandwiches every day for lunch. In 1968, his mother left, but left them with his stepfather, who was ill-prepared to take care of three young boys. He arranged through his grandmother to put them in Boys Town until his father could come from Oregon to get him about a year later. He graduated from Bend uh, Senior High School in 1970 when he moved back to Bend and joined the U.S. Army on September 1st, 1972 as a private E-1. After basic training at Fort Ord in California and advanced individual training at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, he served initial enlisted assignment in the 2nd Armored Division Artillery at Fort Hood, Texas under General George Patton Jr. 32 years later and three inches shorter, <laughs> he retired as a chief warrant officer five um, after working his way to staff sergeant and then from warrant officer one. The pinnacle of his 32-year Army career was the first uh, was as the first chief warrant officer of the, of the field artillery. Since retiring in September 2004, he has worked as an employee of a defense contractor under an Army weather system and completed his Bachelor's of Science degree in business administration. And for the last seven years, he's worked as an IT specialist for Region 2 of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. He helps keep the people working that help keep uh, that help people and local and tribal governments recover from the various natural disasters that have occurred over the last seven plus years on the East Coast, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. He has one of the most interesting backgrounds of anyone I know, and he has done it all. Dozens of marathons, several serious and debilitating injuries, but he keeps bouncing back. I've worked with Roger for over a year, and what strikes me about him is is a few things. Number one, his dedication to his training and nutrition. Number two, his great attitude despite the setbacks. Number three, his generosity and kind nature. And lastly, number four, his insatiable appetite for learning. We're going to get into a lot of interesting topics today. So welcome to the show, our great friend, Roger Padgett. What's up, man? Hey, how are y'all doing? Oh, man, we're, we're excited to talk to you, man. It's uh, I had to give you a taste of y'all. Yeah, so you good. know what? You snuck that in. I love it. <laughs> That's but, so awesome, man. We we uh, we hung out with you in New York. So you got to hang out with the kids and Mauda finally, which was awesome. Yes. Well, actually, what am I saying? That was the first time that we hung out in person, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wasn't that the same time you? 
Well, we almost got together at the uh, uh, last December, but uh, unfortunately, you went out of town. Something, yeah, man. Something with the Keto Savage. Yeah, and oh, wasn't that yeah. when you hurt your back? Uh, that was the first time I hurt my back, yeah. Yep, yep. Wow. So I missed I missed out on the injury and hanging out, but um, it's crazy, man. It's crazy to think, like, you came back from that one. We'll talk about your injuries because there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a list of them. But, man, like, you've come back from that injury – um, you're rehabbing from a recent surgery that you've done, which we talk about several days a week. Um, but I guess before we get into that, I'll just lead off with the question that we always lead off, which, which is <laughs> what is the most critical problem you're currently trying to solve? Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't know if I was, I, I've been regretting hearing that question or I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going through my mind on what, what, what important things to talk about. And I, I just, I don't have a lot of fires in my or irons in my fire. Um, my biggest uh, uh, thing that I'm working on right now is getting better, uh, right. recovering so I can get back to doing the kind of work that I like to do. Um, um, I'm just starting to get back in the gym right now, and everything's feeling good. Uh, but I'm paying close attention to the the way my back feels when I do the different exercises that I'm doing. Right. Oh. Yeah. And then the other thing is that we said that um, I think next week you'll hopefully be at a place where you can, you know, start doing something more intense. But um, yeah, man, this has been this has been a journey for you. And like I said, your your attitude is, I think, what's what's gotten you through it. Like, would you say that um, because I I see you obviously you do your your daily stoic reading. Um, What would you say has been like kind of one of the 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 tools for mindset that you've been using to get your mind right because you know like you said you don't have a lot of irons in the fire so that leaves you with a lot of time to um you know vacillate and to think about your situation and and go back and forth so what what have you been kind of relying on well i've got I, i've got a, a tool set if you want to call it that <laughs> um, something i learned from a, a good friend of yours ben um I'm, I try to meditate at least twice a day. Um, that helps get my get, gets my head in the right place. Helps me relax. I'm commuting. I'm on a on a train for for 45 minutes to an hour every day uh, in the morning, and I find that's one of the best times in the world for me to to meditate. It, it's fairly quiet, um, not crowded, uh, no stress really in in the commute uh, up until I I hit Newark. Uh, <laughs> Newark, then I have to transfer over to the path. But uh, yeah, the um, meditation helps a lot. I think reading the Daily Stoic has, has been uh, has been assisting me a lot too because it, yeah. it puts my mind in the right zone from where I, I grew up. I, I mean, I, I grew up with a my mother was alcoholic. My mother and father fought like cats and dogs. So I grew up thinking if you love somebody, you got to fight with them. Right. <laughs> it's crazy, man. How the our warped views of oh, the world true. how they're created like with the trauma that we have as children yeah, yeah. i think that's one reason i've kind of gravitated towards you guys because you, you set up a, a great example for for the kind of people that uh that i wish more people were like um, thank you man seriously when when you tell me that it really warms my heart because you know you're you're 68 years old so you've been around so i mean getting compliments from people who have kind of been there and done that for me i mean it's it it put it to you this way it'll it, it makes me feel feelings which that doesn't happen often <laughs> <laughs> right 
So well, well let's you... get into some of these questions because one of the things that we would love to take advantage of today is your experience. You're about to turn 69 years old. Can you recount to us what your memories were of things like fat and carbs and the overall attitude around nutrition growing up in Oregon? Oh, gee. Uh, well, <laughs> my nutrition in Oregon, both Memphis and Oregon, was uh, iffy at best. I, I was uh, on your right. typical fast food uh, PBJ sandwiches um, at school. Uh, at home, it wasn't much better. Um, plus, add in the fact that you, uh, in, in, initially in Memphis, there were there were six boys, um, and we were all vying for the same bucket of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> And and that's no joke. That's we were. You know, it, if you wanted to get enough, you had to be fast. You had to eat fast. Um, and that's, that's one of my failings today is I eat too fast. That's me too, man. Yeah. For different reasons. For me, it's you know I was I was just trying to stuff everything in and and go past you know being full because I knew that's what I had to do. Yeah. But I, I hear other situations where where people like I, it was a female that I was talking to recently. She was like, "Listen, I was one of." five or one of six like you had to be fast you kind of had to you know you wanted to eat <laughs> yeah right but what about like um you know as you as you graduated and like you know graduate high school you go to the army you know even then um obviously in 72 you're already starting to see some of the low fat stuff but like for you I, i'm assuming that at that point you know, you were starting to think about, man, I need to eat it at least in a way that's going to allow me to um, get through my PT, you know, test well, feel good. Um, and, and I'm assuming just based on like what I know about like the prevailing attitude was probably like meat and potatoes and veggies or, or what, what was it that you kind of viewed as a healthy diet back then? Oh, um, any anything homemade. If it was if it was vegetables, it was if it was meat. Uh, yeah, we were meat and potatoes family. Uh, and in the army, uh, it just went on to, to to adding in those wonderful things called MREs, <laughs> thousand calories per meal. Uh, a lot of lot of fat, a lot of carbohydrates in a in a MRE. But you were you were working hard. You were walking a lot. You were doing lots of PT, lots of physical activities. So we were just burning calories right and left. Um, of course. So it was never an issue. Um, at a certain point, as I reached a certain age, it started becoming more of an issue. I started, started putting on weight. So I had to double efforts. Um, and when you doubled your efforts, were you just like, ah, I need to just eat less? Um, well, I, you know, I got to a point where I decided I wanted to try some things and, and, the first thing I decided, I'm I'm training for marathons, so I'm 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 running a lot, and then I decided, well, you know, this vegan stuff sounds interesting. You know, it sounds like I could uh, I could do that. So I I went a little bit extreme, like I almost always do. I've, I've got a very addictive personality. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so many things that you say, and so many conversations that we have, I'm like, man, that would have been me. I would have been mm -hmm. that guy. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I decided that I wanted to go vegan, so I started with a 40-day fast. That was a phase. So you started fast. with that, yeah. And it was a, tell us a little bit because you told me uh, that that there were different phases. So, like, what were the phases of the fast? Yeah, the first phase, I went off of uh, off of uh, solid foods, went to 
to soups and soft foods <laughs> for about uh, a week to 10 days. Um, after that, then I went to no food, just water for two weeks, uh, 20 days, actually. Uh, and then I backed out of it with the, the third phase, which was back to soft foods and, and liquids. Um, then after the, after the, the fast was over, I, I started eating vegan. Uh, and to me, vegan was anything that wasn't meat or cheese or fish. Um, it was anything that wasn't animal products. Right. This is this is crazy to me because, all right, you obviously they don't know yet, but you've run 16 marathons and then you did that 40 day fast while training for a marathon. And then you went vegan for two years while you prepped for two other marathons and kept up with your army PT. So what what I'd like to know, first of all, how was the experience of training and running a marathon while you were fasting? Because I'm just I'm just curious, because definitely back then, I'm sure you were all about you got to get your mileage in. That right. was the prevailing thought. Like you got to get your mileage in every week. How did, how did the training feel? Well, let me, let me precede that with first, I, I, I got a book and I, I wish I could remember the name and the author of the book, but it was all about training while fasting. Oh, um, cool. And, and long-term fasting. So that, that's one of the things that motivated me to do a, a 40 day fast. Um, you reach a certain point where, where you've, you've gotten past all the hunger, all the empty feelings, and then all of a sudden you, your energy starts coming back. Your body starts burning its resources for energy. Right. And, and you still feel good. I, I never felt wasted. I never felt like I couldn't do my, my 10 and 12 mile runs. Um, that's just, pretty cool. That's pretty cool because um, that's a testament to fasting. And it's like you got these um, competing things because – um, on on one end, people are saying, well, wow, this person's not fueling because this person needs to fuel. They're not fueling. Right. But then on the other hand, you're forcing these pretty profound adaptations in your mitochondria and in right. your your just your muscles and, and having them be able to use that better. So for me, I, I would assume how did that particular marathon go? Where was the marathon in terms of your period of fasting like was it was the fast like during the final period where you run, ran the marathon or was the marathon um you know several weeks or months after the actual fast well no the marathon was uh was right in the middle of the fast it was right in the middle of the time when i was eating no food so um, that was during the water only phase that's correct and then you finished the marathon and you didn't eat i i did not eat i can <laughs> to do training i went out the next day and and did another 12 miles <laughs> it was really it oh was really gosh. strange because i i just i, I had lots of energy i i, I must have had a lot of fat to burn i don't know um, i mean i think everybody yeah. does and once you once you lower insulin enough you're able to tap into that so it would make sense that as long as you didn't run too fast or push your body too hard that you would just have this amazing fuel source that you could burn. Did you um did you track your weight? Like did you lose any weight during that time? Oh, I lost about 15 pounds, yeah. Yeah, I mean that. Wow. And then after before you went I guess when you were uh doing that final phase um when you brought the solid foods back in, did you see like a little bit of a rebound or not really? No, not really. Not really cuz I was still training. So I was still oh, yeah. running and and the carbohydrates then started fueling my my uh runs. What can you tell us then about like 
your, you know, your performance and just your overall health during that time that you were vegan? How long was it? You said two years? Yeah, I did, did vegan for two years. Um, I, I started out, I felt pretty good. Uh, as as uh, the first year wore on, um, and I, I mean wore on because I, I, I started, I, I just, my, my head was all lightheaded all the time. I just couldn't right. think. Yeah, uh, brain fog. I, I was pretty much the, a, a classic uh, example of, of poor nutrition because I wasn't getting everything I needed. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what it was what I wasn't getting. So I started supplementing with uh, oh, well, vitamin C to try to handle some of the, the uh, uh, oxidative stress. Um, we didn't have anything like C60 back then. <laughs> That's awesome because we're going to talk about that for sure. <laughs> All these new things are great. Um, anyway, the um, I just I, I felt like there was something missing in my diet. I, 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 it's hard to explain that. That's um, I get that. Well, we we get it. Well, I, I get just, that because I was I wasn't even fully vegan. I was still doing lacto ovo, um, right? I was still doing fish and eggs and thank God for that because I found out later on, I did probably do cheese because I just can't. I'm like, I've always been like a little mouse with my little cheese, but, um, but yeah, but even then I was still lightheaded all the time. I still, and here's the thing, like I wasn't doing eggs and fish every day. I would try to not, I would try not to, do you know what I mean? Like it was one of those things that it's like, well, if I need it, I'll do it. You know, it's so funny how you still feel like you need it, but I was definitely doing those like garbage uh, veggie burgers for sure. Yeah. And you know that today I was listening on my walk back from the gym. I was listening to um, Dr. Saladino and Ryan, Dr. Ryan Lowry. Um, they did an amazing episode on game changers. And when they Ooh, got here, it. it's really, really good. When they got to the part about um, like Scott Jurek and his whole quote unquote, um, breaking the record of, of, you know, running the Appalachian trail, the fastest, which was broken like three times since, um, yeah, they never, they don't talk about the significantly, uh, broken, but like by like five, six days <laughs> by omnivores. Um, but one of the things that, that, that Paul said was, was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting because if he was, a uh, Paul did, um, endurance, I don't know if you know, he did like, um, ultra endurance so, for a while. And he got down to 140 pounds where he's walking around at 170 now. And one of the things he said was that maybe, especially in the first couple of months, there may be a period there where you feel better because, you know, the vegan diet is is really good at getting people to lose weight, you know, whether it's muscle or not. And if you're trying to be more efficient with oxygen, then maybe there is a little bit of a, an advantage that you gain in that initial period when you're losing a little bit of muscle and you, you become more efficient at transporting the oxygen. But then, like you said, something's missing. You're, you are in a nutrient deficient diet. Eventually your performance is going to suffer. And so at the two year mark, um, you know, what was the decision? What was the final straws? Like how, how did you kind of back out of it and why? Well, it, 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 it's, it's kind of a, a, a weird way. I, I did it the wrong way. <laughs> you don't ever back out of a diet by going right to the diet you want to you want to start eating again. Oh yeah, you probably probably had some issues. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I broke my uh, my vegan diet with uh, I think I ate three McDonald's hamburgers. Wow. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got sick for about a week and thought, well, maybe there is something to this veganism, and then I realized, no, I need some meat. I need some meat. <laughs> Do it slowly this time. 
Yeah, I think that's so hilarious, man, because I can't imagine how many people like who are vegan, like let's say there's a vegan who just happens to be hearing this. I can um, I can just imagine that person just thinking of of McDonald's burgers and just being like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> but they could never be honest about it. Yeah, they could never tell anybody. Like, But the truth to- is, it's like, we all do it. Like anyone who's ever, I, I mean, like the drunk, tell them about the drunk. Oh, thing. the drunk thing. Did you see? Did you see oh, that, you must Roger? have seen that, right? I posted it. Like uh, most vegans, when they're drunk, have uh, admittedly eat meat. And I, I feel like I did that probably for sure. Cause yeah. I'm sure I got drunk during those <laughs> vegetarian years. And I'm, I clearly remember probably like being like eating the stuff and then going back for sure. You don't drink alcohol when you're fasting that long. That's very oh, true. Yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. Well, one of the one of the things I find fascinating about you is that you put your body through like literal hell, whether it was from <laughs> training injuries or some of these other insane, insane stories, like some of the things you told me you did on the, as a youngin. Um, but at 68, man, you look pretty amazing. You know, you walk around at 10 percent body fat. You carry a lot of muscle. What would you say now looking back, the most effective tools have been for keeping you so muscular in terms of your diet and style of training? Oh boy. Um, well, back in, uh, let's, let's go back just a little bit. 2008, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and that was right. sure due to a lot of bad choices, um, including eating way too much soy. Wow. Um, so that I had my thyroid removed. So I, I started ballooning. Uh, I, I went from uh, 184 pounds up to 247 pounds. Wow. Um, it was feeling horrible, but I, I, I was taking my thyroid medicine every day. I was doing all kinds of other medications that doctors prescribed for me and it just, nothing was making me feel better. Um, the, about, uh, in, in 2011, I got word that two of my brothers in Oregon went into the same hospital the same day for the same thing, congestive heart failure. Wow. Uh, they both survived, but... But it was all due to either bad habits or uh, uh, sedentary lifestyle. Um, so I decided, you know, take that as a lesson for you. Don't, don't right. you know, certainly, certainly be a, uh, concerned about your brothers, but use that as a lesson for you. So I started exercising. I just started doing things that I knew knew I should do. Like I changed my diet. Right. I cut out all carbohydrates. Um, I, I had. I had done I, I, back back pedal just a little bit again. I had done what was back uh, back when they called it the Atkins diet. I did what I call the modified Atkins diet to get back on track mm-hmm. after the uh, the veganism uh, episode. And <laughs> was I uh, I uh, I went carnivore. Um, That's so great. I just called it my modified Atkins diet. You know, I, I was I was flying cold and and I, I was I, I was basically eating nose to tail. I was doing uh, um, not just meats, but I was doing uh, uh, some internal organs. I I, I hate. Um, I'm, I'm not much of a heart fan. Uh, I haven't had anything any hearts bigger than a chicken heart, so you know maybe there's there's some some hope for me yet. <laughs> well, if you don't like chicken hearts, then you probably won't like beef heart because chicken hearts is is a little bit more mild. But I, honestly, for me, beef heart tastes like chuck. And it's like the same consistency. Okay. So you got to slow cook it or you got to like sear it and just 
sear it, just just walk it by the grill. Because if not, it's like eating the sole of a shoe. What, oh. the chicken hearts? Heart, just hard in general. Oh, hearts in general. So muscular. It's a muscle. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it's, it's not the, the most tender cut of meat. No, 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 it's not. But this is interesting, man. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know about like the fact that you because modified Atkins, I've heard that term a lot and they say it a lot recently. Um, you were basically eating a high protein ketogenic diet, you know, like that. That's that's the way I see it, you know, because yeah, yeah. his biggest thing was just like, don't eat carbs. I mean, obviously, back then we didn't know about, you know, what would happen if we ate a ton of mayo and all this other stuff. But how did how did that feel? Uh, and how long was that kind of um, that excursion into the that style of diet? Um, that was about a six month uh, period, um, just just because I felt like I needed to to eat meat. And and my wife kind of freaked at it. She said, "You're not eating any vegetables. You're not getting any of your fiber. You're not getting all those things that that you need to survive." I said, "Well, you know, I, I feel good, so why bother?" Right. I, I didn't want the fiber. Um, I was, I was, uh, I wasn't bound up. You know, I could, I could go. So you know, <laughs> that's the most important thing in one of those diets. Um, yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I had more energy. I had my strength was going up. Um, my times in my marathons were going down. Um, my best marathon, two fifty. 250, 250.27. I, I qualified for the Boston Marathon the year that they. Uh, change the qualifying times. <laughs> so I Dude, didn't that's a fast time, man. Wow. Yeah. That's 50 minutes more than my freaking half marathon. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've done, uh, of the 16 marathons, I've done uh, 14 of them under three hours. That's amazing, wow. man. That's amazing. Does the, um, um, it's, well, it, I'm, I'm kind of lost at this point. Sorry about that. No, no, oh, no. This, ha- this happens to us all the time where we lose our train of Because <laughs> we start, it's just like you start talking about something and it leads to like another, another like rabbit hole. So, and especially with topics like this, we can de- de- uh, dig so deep. But we oh, wanted yeah. to ask you, what would you say to people in their, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s who may think, um, it's too late to see any type of significant change in their body comp? I hear this all the time or I hear people making excuses. Hormones. For you know that it's normal. You know this is what happens when you get old. Mm -hmm. So no, I I fell for that trap too. I thought well, you're getting older. You know, getting getting fat and lazy is is typical. You know, well exactly. Typical, but it's not normal. We're not meant to be sedentary. We're meant to be active. Hundred percent, man. Look back at our ancestors. As soon as they started getting sedentary and not being able to get up and get around, they died. Yeah, man. Exactly. you know, the whole point is you got to, no matter what age you are, you got to get up and get out. You got to move. Um, if you don't do any exercise other than walk, that's better than nothing. Hundred percent. The walking. I had. I had. So someone, underrated. Um, this was a person who invited me on to 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 do a live with her on carnivore, and um, about three to five minutes into the conversation. I could tell that this was this was going to be a conversation about losing weight, burning fat, and she started talking about, you know, her her challenges and all this stuff. And and the first thing I thought of was like, wait a second, are you training? You know, are you doing anything? Because if you're not, like, and I and and another 
conversation I had at our mix and mingle in Miami when I spoke, someone was talking about their insulin resistance and how, you know, they can't seem to get past a certain point. Come to find out again, not even walking. Now with this person, she had like, you know, an ankle injury. She can't, she can't walk. She can't uh, cycle. Um, but, you know, you have to attack insulin resistance from 50 angles. You got to attack it from low carbs. You got to start walking. You have to start doing intermittent fasting and the same thing with burning fat. And if you're not attacking it from all those angles, it's like you're tying your hand behind your back. So what you're saying makes so much sense because you, you just basically are, you're mimicking fasting. You're mimicking, um, low carb, even if you eat more carbs and you do that walking, you're going to clear some glucose out of your system and you're going to lower your insulin. So it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I went, uh, I, I, like I said, I ballooned up to 247 pounds. So I started, uh, um, exercise programs uh, along with the diet. I was lucky in that that year we had, um, average snows of, uh, 24 to 36 inches. Oh. So I got a lot of exercise shoveling snow, which probably didn't do my back a lot of good, but oh. <laughs> I even did, I even did one episode, um, a, a few years after I dropped a, a bunch of pounds, I, I dropped 70 pounds in, um, in seven months. What, what, what year was that? That was, uh, 2012. Oh, okay. So, so now we're fast forwarding to 2012. Um, and what was it that, that got you? Was that just the training and just kind of sensible eating? Like what type of eating were you doing? Yeah, I, well, I was, I was concentrating on, on uh, fresh vegetables, mostly cruciferous, um, um, a, a lot of meat. Uh, I was varying the meat. I was doing, doing a lot of chicken because I, I, back then I was thinking, well, low fat, I'm getting fat from other sources. So, you know, chicken breast is okay. <laughs> um, it, 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 I, I found out though that, uh, that I, I didn't like chicken as much as I did beef, so I had to switch to beef. Okay, uh, it's amazing how our bodies tell us, man. Like yeah. even if even just because because you know chicken thigh is the highest leucine content of any um, meat, and so already I'm pretty sure it's it's up there, and so that's why a lot of the time I include it in people's diets, and they I love chicken they thighs. they complain like a lot of people after two three weeks they're like. We get rid of this chicken cream, put some more meat. It's amazing how our bodies are like asking us for the carnison and the carnitine and all the creatine. Oh, yeah, look at all the fake meat that vegans make. Oh, yeah, it's and like because I, I always think that, most like, because most of them are just lying, telling us that it's gross. I'm like, if it's so gross, why are you making fake meat then? If you're so grossed out, it's because you truly crave those flavors. Well, and so, you're tapping into that psychology and it's of that psychology. person when they're walking down the aisle. It's looking like a sausage. Yeah, you know? and they're like, oh my God. And, and do they add those amino acids to the fake meat? You know? Oh, no, they don't. And that's another thing they, they, they talked about on this podcast, which now that I told I you, I know it. you're going to listen to it. I know Roger's going to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, he's going to go right out. after. Yeah, me too. Um, because <laughs> they talked about, like, Ryan has done studies on this. They yeah. compared wheat protein with um, whey protein and what they found was that there was like a 6% difference or so in the m- amount of leucine. So wow. even if, let's just say there's two parts of it. There's, there's the first part is the fact that for you to get the amount of usable protein you need, you have to eat more. So like the vegans in Game Changers are like, you know, 100 grams of uh, beef has the same uh, protein as 100 grams of dried beans. Now, first of all, if you ate a hundred grams of dried beans, that's about a pound of beans cooked. Now, 
the amount of metabolic disaster that you're going to cause, number one. Oh, my wife would kick me out of the house. Oh, my auto <laughs> would destroy me. I, I, I used to, I used to be the worst man. And like, and so there, you, well, yeah, you have that fact alone. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm just so curious as to how people measure health in general. Like, it, because yeah. Danny, I used to tell him all the time. I'm like, I don't, I don't and know so what I, that smell is, but you have to go to the hospital because yeah, it smells like you're dying. And, so and I'm my, like, I can't my be. Wife, my wife always said, what, what crawled up inside you and died? It does. It sounds, I, I would tell him, I'm like, it, and it would last for like yeah, a half was, an hour. I'm yeah, like, dude, was, something died. <laughs> um, and now we know, you know, why it's because it is just dead in there. It takes so long. Like, especially like, haven't you noticed like after you've been carnivore for a while, if you actually do eat a vegetable, you feel like it takes your body like two weeks to get rid of that thing. Mata's You're like, I feel like I've weird. had this vegetable in my stomach for like a week. It just feels so bad, but yeah, zero farts now. Like, come on. No snoring. No snow. Oh, that's another thing. The snoring immediately goes away when he's super strict with his. Yeah. And the, all of these things. So, so you have, you got to eat a lot more, which is going to yeah. cause GI distress. And if you're more sensitive to lectins and all these other things, you're going to be in bad shape. But then also what they did was uh, in the study that Ryan did, they, there was a significant difference. The wheat group actually lost muscle. Imagine doing a 12 week study where you're being, you're doing resistance training, you're being given this protein. And at the end of it, you know, you're double, you're randomized. You don't know what you're having. And at the end of it, you find out that you've lost muscle, you know, like, that's a bad deal. I that I'd be like, give me my money back, or <laughs> even though you, they didn't pay, or you need to double my pay for this. Yeah, thing. double my pay. This is not fair. But um, I want to go move over to like a, a very serious subject, and I'm glad that you kind of gave us the the permission because you know you conquered. I get goosebumps, man, just thinking about this. You conquered one of the most deadly addictions known to man, and when you talked to me about this in the past, like my mind fails to comprehend. I'm like, I need to understand this person's mind because how could they do this? Like 61% of meth users relapse after only one year of treatment. It has the lowest uh, success rate of all the drugs. Yeah. And it only gets worse over time. And Mm -hmm. from what I've read and what I understand about my own addictions, the problem arises when someone leaves treatment and then they have to face the real world. And it it starts to seem like it's like dominoes start falling and it seems like an insurmountable mountain. So if you don't have tools and weapons in place to address the depression or be mindful of the triggers, you're doomed. So I want to know what did it for you? And also you can go into all the the extent of it because I just said meth, but we know that it's a little bit more complicated. Than that. Well, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of recreational drugs, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, well, back in 1969, uh, I got involved in the high school thespian club, so I, I became a uh, an actor. Um, I started out as a uh, as a bit part, a walk on part for uh, Carousel, which was a, a musical. I was the the the, the uh, angel Clarence, where I walked on and said failure, failure. You <laughs> told me this before, yeah. <laughs> so so I had one line in that that play, and 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 actually I got a lot of laughs. Just the way I walked in, my feet were hurting. I was wearing sandals and I walked like my feet hurt and everybody laughed. So I guess I figured that it was, uh, it was part of the show. So I, I went with it. Um, a, a few months later, then I got a part uh, as uh, a pirate in uh, Peter Pan. It was Bill Sykes. I, Captain, I, I, sir, that was my line. 
Um, finally, I got the lead role in a, in a, a, a Jimmy Stewart movie, uh, the play version of it, the stage version, um, Harvey. I was Elwood P. Dowd, so I, I went from two bit parts to the lead role. That's and that went, cool. that went to my head. I was, uh, you know, I was successful. I got the most improved actor at our little thespian banquet and, <laughs> and all that. And uh, my, at th- about that point in time, my older brother introduced me to uh, marijuana. Um, I started smoking that. And it's not that marijuana is a gateway drug. It's that the people that you hang out with, right. I hung out with at that time, were doing other things other exactly. than marijuana. Marijuana was just a, a recreational thing for them. Yeah. Right. In, in fact, my older brother introduced me to um, to uh, Dexedrine, a tablet, and I like that. That made me feel good. Uh, made me go faster. Was the Dexedrine? Dexedrine? Is that the greenies? Uh, the, the ones that they were taking, or was that um? No, these were a little white pill. Because the the greenies are another type of that that they give pilots that they used to give the pilots. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, it, it could have been the same chemical, only slightly altered form. Yeah, because women, like housewives, that was like the thing, right? Dexedrine, like you... Yeah, you, it was a diet thing. Yeah. So they just didn't eat. They would they would clean the house. They'd lose all this weight. And then, I mean... They realized they were killing themselves. But. Killing themselves. And then uh, they would have to, I'm sure, um, couple that with something at night to, to get them to bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a roller coaster. Me, I just took um, uh, downers to, to go to sleep at night. Uh, I eventually graduated to uh, mainlining me- methamphetamine, uh, wow. which means basically I was injecting it in the in the veins in my arms. Um, I never graduated to the point where I went to my feet or anything else that, that uh, uh, heroin addicts do, but uh, uh, I was a speed freak. I didn't like being down. I wanted to be up all the time. Uh, and I stayed that way. Even even through my first year in, in the Army, uh, I was able to uh, to still get some some meth uh, from my older brother. Um, I, I'd go up up the up the road from from Fort Hood, Texas, up to Dallas, Fort Worth, at my brother's house, um, and uh, he'd have some meth, or he'd be trying to get some meth. And that's that's the other thing that that to this day drives me crazy is that, that people trying to score whatever their addiction is spend half their lives trying to get it, trying to get a contact. Uh, a, a third of what's left trying to get it. And finally, the, the, the few time, few hours they have left in their lives in a day, they're doing it. Right. So their, their entire lives are consumed with their next, uh, next uh, uh, hit of uh, yep. whatever their, their addiction is. That's right. At the same time I was doing that, I was also dropping uh, LSD. So I was altering my mind. Um, my favorite LSD was what we called white lightning, which was LSD with speed. Wow. wow. I can't imagine that, man, because of the, the paranoia. And I feel like the, it would be not enjoyable for me. <laughs> that sounds like oh, yeah. a really bad yeah. time. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the two years between the time I graduated from high school and the time I, I actually went into the Army. Um, so then, then I went in the Army. I, I got clean for basic training, eight, eight whole weeks or 12 weeks, I think it was back then. Uh, and then AIT, Advanced Individual Training at Fort Huachuca where I learned the, the trade that I, I, I never really got to do uh, using those the pieces of equipment we trained on, but I, I learned enough that I was able to, to teach myself how to operate the radars that we worked on in the field artillery. 
but then I also hit hit my 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 unit about the same time a lot of people were coming back from Vietnam because you, you figure oh. 1972 to 74 was the end of the Vietnam War. Yeah, um, that was an ugly time period. A, a lot of addictions coming back from Vietnam. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of my friends were into those things. But but those were mostly opiates, right? Like uh, opiate like, speed. I, I had one friend. Uh, his his what we called him was Jonesy. He was he's a a, a big hairy kid, basically. Um, he, he had so much hair he looked like a gorilla if, if you saw him without his hair. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen somebody that hairy. Um, but he was a jolly guy. He 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 made you feel like when you were doing drugs, you were in the best place possible. Uh, and that's what a lot of the Vietnam vets, the ones that went to Vietnam, uh, came back as. They they just they wanted as many people to join them in their addiction as they could. Um, oh, There's so a lot I, of pain. I, there. I, I got lucky in 1970, end of 1972, beginning of 1973, and that I came down with hepatitis uh, B. Um, Probably you think would you would you assume like I know it's speculation, but I, I gotta I gotta think the needles. Oh yeah. yeah. In fact, it was. I knew at the time that that I was in in Dallas, Fort Worth, with my brother. Um, we were using a, a shared needle, even though we claimed we were cleaning it between the end. We were we were dousing it with with alcohol, so we thought it was sanitizing it. That's stupid us. Um, but I came down with it, and I spent thirty days in the uh, in the hospital in in Fort Hood. Um, in the Ward W, which is where uh, uh, they sent drug addicts and alcohol uh, abusers. Um, while I was there, there was there were these guys. That, there was this one colonel that that was a uh, recovering alcoholic, or or he was actually going through the DTs. You'd see him in the hallway crawling along the floor with wow. a red knife, trying to dig up the tiles because he said they're under there. I've got to get them out. They're trapped. Wow. Uh, who, who's that, sir? And, and finally, I realized he wasn't talking about anybody. It was the, the little people in his head. Yeah. Um, while I was there, also, I had I, I, I had two roommates. Um, one of them was a, uh, a, a former, I say former because uh, you know, I'll get to it in a second, um, had a friend come visit um, who was a medic. Uh, when his friend left for the day, he went into the restroom. Uh, closed the door and locked it. And you know, 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half later, the door was still closed and he was still in the restroom. And I, you know, something's not right. So I went and got the nurse because I knocked on the door and there was no answer. Well, the nurse came and unlocked the door and the, the, the guy was dead on the floor with the. That's brutal. Wow. Well, with the needle in his arm. So he, he yeah. got his friend had brought him a hit of, of uh, heroin and he OD'd. Uh, that that's terrifying that was the kicker that said you know if, if i don't change my ways that's going to be me 100 percent, man wow everybody everybody it's amazing to hear because everybody's bottom is different yep. and um it's just interesting to hear what the bottom was and and yeah. it seems like gosh i got goosebumps again um your bottom was the healthiest type because it was like you you were able to see what someone else was going through or you know obviously someone died yeah. um, and you were able to take that lesson but a lot of us don't even learn from that so honestly kudos to you because I, you know i can't imagine where you would have ended up so 
when you saw that, did you say, all right, put me in an inpatient or how, how did you go about that? Well, I was, I was basically in an inpatient program as it was because hep, hep B is the only kind of uh, hepatitis you get from dirty needles. So they knew right away that I'd been, been using needles and they saw the tracks. Um, so they put me in a drug and alcohol rehab program back then. Um, the army was very forgiving back then too, because they had so many vet, uh, vets coming back that, uh, I was just another, uh, another person they needed to take care of. Uh, nowadays, what they do is they'd say, you've got a drug addiction. Okay. We'll get you clean, but then you're out. Yeah. Cause they've got and zero, zero tolerance now, but they, is well, that a dishonorable, they obviously dishonorable discharge. Yes. Or under other than honorable conditions. Okay. And so for you, I mean, obviously you went through the program and then um, how long were you inpatient? Because obviously you were inpatient for the Hep B for, for 30 days. Was yep. that kind of also serving as your as your detox? And then after they just did some outpatient for a month or like, how did that work? Yeah, well, that, the, 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 the month in the hospital was was recovery from the hepatitis. My liver had to had to, to, to get rid of the toxins and and start growing again. Um, so nutrition was a little better. It was still hospital food. <laughs> a lot, a lot of jello for dessert, you know, um, which the best part of the jello was the gelatin. It was, it was protein. Yeah. Unfortunately it had sugar, but I, I didn't know any better back then. I just, it's jello, man. There's always room for jello. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I, I got out of that, I went into the program and it was it was weekly visits um, with um, I think every other day I had to go into a, a counseling session with a counselor, either a group session or an individual one on one. And that was for a year. I was honest with the program. I stayed away from everything. I didn't even drink back then. Um, Amazing. Man. So at the That's end of the year, they, they, they gave you one final year analysis test because you also had a weekly year analysis test. Um, I, I got that final year analysis test and I, I've been, I was totally clean. There was nothing in my blood. Doctor called me and told me I'd failed the test. And oh, I, I looked at him and said, I, I did what? So there's absolutely no way. 100%. There's no way I could have failed that test. Not unless you mixed it up with somebody else's. The, it, it was the final test basically so it, it, because the, the actual urinalysis tests weren't that accurate. Um, he, he, he did the, the, the mental test and then signed off on my papers and discharged me from the program. So from then on, I was a graduate from the, uh, the uh, uh, drug and alcohol rehab program. Uh, and I replaced my, uh, my drug and alcohol, uh, my, my addiction with a better addiction, a health addiction. That's when right. I, started, I started running. I started doing everything I could to get healthy again. But Roger, didn't you tell me that I, I think I remember you telling me this story and I feel like it may be someone else, but I, I, maybe, maybe it's you. I mean, didn't you tell me that they were just, it seemed like the guy was like just trying to bluff to see if you actually failed and, and it wasn't even oh, that yeah. you actually failed. Yeah, it was, a, it was bluff. It, like I said, it was, a, it was a final test. And um, if I, uh, I, I'm sure that, that people that had not been honest with the program that knew they'd been doing drugs, would would falter and say, well, you know, I, it it is what it is. It came up positive. You got me. Yeah. You know, 
but I, I was honest with the program and I was, I, I really wanted to graduate and I really wanted to stay in the army because I was, I, I was enjoying what I was doing. Can you imagine that's 32 years that you wouldn't have had that career? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 30 of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about um, a little bit about your biohacking and your current supplement regimen. This is another area where you are as well researched as anyone else we know. So in no particular order, we'd love to discuss what you're currently taking and why. And if you've noticed, you know, any observations that you've noticed from your supplementation, any things you can't live without. Okay. Um, well, that's a tough one. I, I, I should have written all this stuff. Down. That one is tough for sure. Cause if you're anything like Danny. <laughs> well, you know, at, at night, uh, again, my big, the big nut I've got to crack is my sleep. And, and I've yeah. got, got age against me because everything I, Ben's just last, uh, podcast the muscle intelligence podcast uh he interviewed a lady that uh is a sleep specialist and um one of one of the things they come up with was that, that as you get older it gets harder and harder to get more deep sleep and so my goal is to try to get better deep sleep um i haven't been doing very well lately did um, they tell you did they say anything in the podcast about because one of the reasons uh as you get older um, the sleep suffers is your circadian rhythms change. <clears throat> so you, whereas before when you're younger, you don't have this, there's this, um, the, your circadian rhythm moves kind of forward. So you get tired like at seven or eight and some people start to take naps and then like they start falling asleep and then they wake up at, in the middle of the night wired. Um, <laughs> yeah. right. does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, um, um, I I did notice that, but um, when I when I go to bed, about the only time I get up uh, when I'm not sleeping right now is to go to the restroom. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm I'm in bed and I go out like a light. I take and uh, I'll listen to uh, uh, Wayne Dwyer and and, a, and another um, meditation that that you just passed to me recently. Oh, tell me, you did the sound bath? Yes. How do you like it? I like it. I, like I, it. It. I kind of put it on with uh, with some uh, solfeggio frequencies in the background. Ooh, okay. So I do a do a double take on that. What's the sound uh, Oh, that's the Sigur Ross one from Calm that I told you about that I've been doing at night. Ooh, I got to do that one. Got to do it, Sigur Ross and and Tamara. Nice. But about um, about forty five minutes before bed, I'll take um, about four hundred uh, milligrams of uh, magnesium. Um, about the same amount of taurine. Um, I do some L-theanine. Um, I think only uh, one capsule, I think, is, uh, is 200 milligrams. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so those are the things I do. I also drink an herbal tea. Um, I, won't, I, I won't drink any caffeine. Um, that, and that's probably part of my, my problem right now is because I, I am drinking a little bit, a little bit more caffeine a little bit later in the day. And I probably need to cut that out and just, you know, when I drink my caffeine, make it first thing in the morning and that's it. Yep. That's what, that's what I do most days, except for today. We, we had some extra coffee at like whatever, one o'clock. I think it just, yeah. it's probably worse for you, Danny, honestly. It is worse for me. Cause I'm, I'm a fast metabolizer. So I have coffee and I feel like in an hour and nothing happened. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> now, now a month ago, leading up to my surgery, the doctor wanted me to quit all supplements about a, at least a week before surgery. So I, I basically quit everything um, just to make sure the doctor was happy. 
Yeah. I didn't want him to cancel the surgery. I wanted to do the surgery. Right. Um, <laughs> so now I'm, I'm starting to work into, I'm, I'm starting to do some peptides, um, uh, BPC-157 uh, for healing, uh, TB-500 uh, for healing. Um, I think uh, probably the beginning of next week, I'll probably start up with some uh, some ipamorelin and CJC-12. Um, 95 I think is yeah. yeah um and i'm not, I'm not going to give doses or anything because that's that's really i don't i don't think even appropriate for this but yeah those, those are those are the the, the peptides that i want to take uh, i'm looking at that peptide for deep sleep but i'm i'm not quite sure about that yet yeah that's fine if you, whatever you learn as you as you go through it I, you know please share it with me because yep. um i just you know heard about it through ben greenfield and he takes it three days a week. Okay. What about, um, so you mentioned C60. Let's talk about some of these other interesting ones that have come on like in the last year or so, like the C60, the Honokyo. I've, I've tried the Honokyo. Uh, I'm not quite sure that did much of anything. I went through a, one cycle of it and it was before surgery. Um, I didn't really notice a lot of difference with that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I wanted to be more relaxed. I think I was more relaxed with uh, with a Redcon one um, um, sleep um, uh, prescription that the, or, or or supplement that they make. What is what is that? Is that like a valerian, melatonin, some other stuff? Yeah, it's a it's a whole host of things, including uh, leucine. Is it the, the the supplement that makes you tingle? Oh, uh, you, oh, niacin. Niacin, yeah. So it's got niacin in it, and it's got a few other things that uh, that supposedly calm you. And and it, it's pretty much if I if I drink even half a dose of that, uh, I better get to bed fast because <laughs> nice. I'll go. Um, cool. I don't know how how well I sleep. I probably need to do an experiment and and use my aura ring and 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 do some of that and and just sleep as long as I can. I found the longer I sleep, the better my uh, my results for the aura ring are. Which, which yeah. brings me to one of my favorite uh, uh, devices, and and you know me, I've got I've got your I've devices. Got a, I've got about a dozen <laughs> devices, yeah, uh, <laughs> including more than one O ring. Yes. <laughs> well, I have a I have a spare O ring because I, I I'm I'm attached at the hip with it. If if I lose this O ring, I'm ready to go with the replacement. <laughs> Amazing. And O is very good. They'll replace them uh, regardless, and, unless you break it. And oh, wow. my, my aura ring one, I broke three times and they replaced it each time until they ran out of my size. <laughs> <laughs> so what about um, the, the C60? When are you taking it? Because I've been taking that. Like I just got a bottle of it with, you know, suspended in olive oil. And so whenever I'm in town, I'll do a teaspoon of it in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where you can't quite say that it's really working unless you have like an overall inflammation issue. I, I think it's been helping. Yeah, I think it's been helping too. I was taking it, I started taking it before surgery when I was having just extra pain. Um, along with the, I was taking, um, Oh, Kratom. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I, Kratom, I, I, yeah. I, I will not take opioids. Um, Again, because mostly because of my my addictive personality, I, I don't want to take something that would make me feel good right. with with not hurting. Um, 
and and a lot of people were warning you that that kratom is uh, is addictive, and and I don't think so. I think anything that handles pain is mentally addictive. Yeah, especially if you've got chronic pain and it's the only thing you found that helps. Yeah, right. Um, but I did find that that kratom does affect liver function because I I went and had uh, had blood work done for my 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 quarterly blood work for my thyroid medication. Um, and my TSH was elevated and my T3 and T4 were, were under, um, underreported. In other words, I, I was on a, a good dose of, uh, a Synthroid and, and Cytomel. And, uh, those are the T3 and T4 or T4 and T3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they should have been working, but my TSH was elevated. It was, it was over 50. So, it was a it was a bad level. It should be down around zero. Oh yeah. Um, so I I stopped taking kratom for that. And funny thing was was the whole time I was taking C60 as well, and the pain was being handled. But then the day I quit taking kratom, um, I had a lot of pain. It was a Friday, and I thought I, I don't know I if I'm going to be able to make it. So I I just I I I muscled my way through it, and then. Uh, Got up the next morning and, and there was no pain. I, I just couldn't believe it. I remember you were surprised about that. You were you, you texted me and it was like smiley faces and exclamation points. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, and and I think that was due to the C60 because there was so much inflammation that it it took C60 a while to kick in. Um, but I was I was um, taking a, a, a teaspoon and a quarter. I think. Okay. There's a calculator on vi- my vital C. Um, I think that's I mean, where I got mine. Yeah, that has a calculator that will tell you how much to take based on your body weight. And you might be better off taking like a a, a, a teaspoon and a half. Yeah, the only thing is like I, I, I also just, every time I, I bring something or something arrives, Maura's going to give me crap about it. So like, I, <laughs> what? What's up? like, yeah, subs. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just being as, as minimalist as I can possibly be. Because I, I just don't believe that they all do anything. Some of them do. Some of them don't. But how do you know which ones do stuff? Well, <laughs> when I, I don't, I don't always just, I don't just add a bunch of things at once. I'll only, I'll usually only add one thing, you know, to see how it's working. Yeah. But man, right. so. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know you guys with a carnivore diet. I feel like you've got it covered. I know for the most part. And then you can add like a few things. I just, I'm way more insane than you. And you take like quadruple stuff. No, that's just like, there's no way you need that stuff. Well, I, what is it that I take that you don't take? I take more, more. I mean, I only take four pills. You take 20. I don't know. Yeah. Because well, yeah, that's true. I literally have like four. You see the, you see what's in there. It's, it's the same stuff I've been taking for a long time. It's the, the B vitamins, the magnesium, alpha GPC, L-theanine, um, everything that Rogers talked about, right? But I mean, at least for me, most of these I see a difference. You know, I do. Um, but I think that's a uh, one of the important parts of of as you age, trying to figure out, you know, the best yeah. supplements to to continue giving you that edge, right? You know, and that's the beauty of science because it's a double edged sword. Of course, on one end it complicates things, but then on the other hand, there's there are specific things that you could take that could cause significant, you know, right. Improvements. So, right. Like optimal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I, I, I listened to, um, again, to uh, Ben's podcast, muscle intelligence podcast, uh, when he, um, 
interviewed Dr. Gabriel Lyon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because she's a big proponent for higher protein for, for aging. Uh, yeah, I forget what she calls it. Uh, she calls it something really cool. Do you remember? Who is I, it? Uh, Dr. Gabriel Lyons. Um, she talks about it's, it's like the protein something. Protein. Should be called the anti-aging diet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I haven't paid much attention to the what what she called it because I just the, before I'd listened to that I kind of developed this idea that that uh, based on sitting with relatives, uh, my younger brother and my mother and and my father uh, when they passed away, um, one thing struck me with all three of them, and that's that they they basically wasted, uh, yeah. they lost lots of muscle, and I'm thinking you know. It's got to be more healthy to have muscle. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, what what one of my goals is to to get as much muscle, healthy muscle. Yeah, I, I got no goal to be a, a, probably a, a, be as big as you or a, a, even as big as Ben. Um, <laughs> but I, I've I've got a goal to be the best version of me. Right. Um, yeah, and the strongest. Is, you know, put on some muscle and keep it. Yeah, I'll know that my time on this earth is almost over when I start wasting too. Yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go kicking and screaming because I want to eat meat. <laughs> Absolutely. And and man, uh, a bunch of people have said this. Dr. Ted Naiman, Dr. Dominic Diagostino, several people have said, like Dominic said, muscle for, is the way. Yeah, for cancer. Yeah, you know, the more muscle you have, and actually. Yeah. Yeah, the, the better chance you of your wait, survival. Period. Like yeah. you literally increase your chance of not dying. Like yeah. if you're super uh, like a skinny person and you get yeah. cancer, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. 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 And as you age, your protein requirements go up, you know. Right. And then sarcopenia. Hello. Yeah. And osteopenia. So yeah. they make a ton of sense, especially when you're now like, okay, I have to prioritize my, my things right now. What's the most important concern for me as a 68-year-old? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Muscle, keeping your muscle. I mean, it's muscle, protein. Yeah, muscle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, Roger. All the muscle <laughs> all the time. That's, that's, a, that's again, why I'm never going to be vegan again, because I, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen so many vegans that, that uh, the, the ones that are rare are the ones that actually put on muscle as a vegan. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would question if they're supplementing with something. Oh, well, one of the other things Ryan mentioned was that how Nate Diaz, uh, he just popped for... Uh, a SARM uh, recently, you know, one of those se selective androgen receptor modulators, yeah. like LGD 33 something that was in his vegan supplement. <laughs> <laughs> so like I put on my conspiracy hat right away because I'm yeah. like, well, that, that's an, that, there's always an agenda. An suppressing. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, it's a multivitamin. He literally said it was a multivitamin. A multivitamin. Yeah. You have to watch it. Let's put it on tonight. Yeah. Fine. I don't mind watching it at this point. I don't mind watching it. I've seen it twice already, kind of. So, man, Roger, we loved having you on, man. We loved you sharing all this stuff. If there's one message that I can pass on to people with this episode, it's that um, we're going to have to find a way to put a picture of Roger so they can see him, you know, because it's you cannot resign yourself to old age. It's you don't just we don't just do that as humans. You don't just pack up and say, well, it's I'm time done. to, time to get old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Time to fall apart. Yeah. Like, I guess it's time. We've never done that. as. I, I, I can't believe it's that so I almost, I've almost fallen for that three times. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm sure that the, this last um, time around, we didn't talk about this, but your first option was a fusion, right? A spinal fusion. Oh yeah. yeah That's no, what the doctor uh, said. 
Yeah, well, the, the orthopedic surgeon, ne never go to an orthopedic surgeon uh, for, for back problems until you've seen a neurologist. Yeah. Wow. The orthopedic the, surgeon is a mechanic. He wants to go right for the mechanics and fix it by, by stabilizing so things. And the, the neurologist wants to fix it by fixing the, the, the wires that control everything. Right, right. Yeah. So true. So, so true. So, so yeah, you, you, you would have, if you would have gotten that surgery, that's it. It's time to pack it up. Um, maybe walking at some point after a while, but I feel like it's even happening. Um, like earlier, like at oh, this yeah. point, just at this point, even, um, in, um, our thirties after your second kid, I mean, yeah, like I, like, that's it. Like, that's it. Like all, you know, most of the people that we grew up with, like, that's it. It's, Oh, it's, I guess I had kids, so it's now it's time, time Mom to fall apart, and dad time to fall apart again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. This is just what happens, you know. <laughs> like, know. no, guys, it's not just what happens. <laughs> you know, I wanna, I, I was gonna end this, but I, I wanna just before we end it, I wanna ask you something because I'm just curious about, you know, your your Instagram handle. We've never spoken about the DNA keto thing. What? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, behind DNA keto. Love it. Well, I, I I've got. Two uh, two trains of thought on that. One one comes from Dr. Anthony J. Um, I paid for and had Dr. J. Uh, uh, do a, my DNA analysis, and one of the things he talked about in that analysis was that I should I would do better on a diet of red meat and salt. And it, <laughs> to me, that that spoke to carnivore. Yeah, it spoke to keto. So uh, I, I I went ahead and changed my uh, handle to. to uh, keto DNA because I mean it, it just made sense. I love that man. Since that time, I've had another guy come and say, "Well, DNA doesn't work like that." So okay. he pointed me towards a book. So I'm reading a book on on the uh, the ins and outs of uh, DNA and uh, and snippets and all that because I I, I want to know more. Yeah. What well, well, what's his thought process on like D DNA not being? Is it because of epigenetics? Um, that plus, so he says that it, the, the DNA isn't something that that is is cut and dried. It's that that you 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 have a, a snippet that says this, but then there are you know, ten or fifteen other snippets that don't support that. Yeah, you can't just break it down like that. It, it's just there's so many variables um, that you. It, it, he says you can't really put it together as, as a well. You you you'll have thyroid cancer. Or, uh, um, that's the other thing is Dr. J said, told me that, that I have a potential to have thyroid cancer. <laughs> and well, there it is. When I told him that, well, I've been there, done that, no thyroid. Hey, that one's out of the way. Yeah. That's like me. My dad and my grandfather both have, um, cardiac rhythm issues. And so, uh, I have that same snip and he was like, take creatine. Creatine is, is good for that. But I, I totally agree with this second guy in the sense that, you know, I remember when we got our DNA first and we got the raw data, the first thing we put it through was Prometheus. Yeah. And I remember seeing so much conflicting data, like, like one snip said I had a higher risk of coronary artery disease and the other one I said I didn't. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to add all these up and see, you know, tally them up. But even that's not enough because like, like Anthony says, like some of these snips are not even they may not even be uh, significant enough to to actually make something different. So, um, 
that's really interesting stuff, man. Um, anyways, I wanted to just find that out, but thank you so much, Roger, for coming on. Um, we loved having you on and we just want to, this episode to serve as, as some inspiration, um, and the motivation for people like you're listening to this and you're, you have a parent or a cousin or yourself, you see yourself starting to age, like have some hope because it's not set in stone. Age is only a number. It is. That's right, man. So true. And and it's cliche to say that I think, but it it still applies. If you, if you don't get out and get active and, and active, take an active part in your life uh, with some kind of exercise and watching your diet, whether you choose you want to be a you, whether you choose to be a vegan or whether you choose to be a carnivore or somewhere in between, that's your decision. Yeah. But eat healthy. Yeah. 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 Put some intention behind it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I've come to believe, and, and you've had several podcasts with guests that call food as medicine. Yeah. And it certainly is. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much, thank Roger. You we so much. we appreciate it, man. We're so happy. We can't wait for the world to meet you. For everybody who doesn't know you yet. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, and I, I again, I, I appreciate you guys more than I can ever express. Um, oh, I feel that from you, man. I if really. I could, if I could start life over, I would. I would wish that I could start out as uh, uh, Dean and Desmond's little brother. Oh, <laughs> we love that. Oh man, it kills me because it's. It's, it's funny, bro- Roger, because. I wish I could be their little brother too. <laughs> like, I'm like, I wish I could parent myself. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, like I'm trying to, to like get these kids. Like they don't even realize it. Cause they're so like poor things. Like I almost wish I would have sent them to school for a year or oh, so. Yeah. So they could be grateful about well, it. Tell them what I did earlier today. Oh my was, gosh. Yeah. Because they're God. not grateful. Yeah. Danny ended up losing <laughs> his crap because they, you know, like they really just, they, they don't realize how good they have it. I'm like, you guys, I wish I was homeschooled. You have no idea. Like yeah. take advantage of this amazing life like that we're giving you. We're giving you so much freedom. You could do so many things, but yeah, that's how it is. But we, we appreciate it so much and we appreciate you. I'd, I'd love to be able to go into a lot of detail on, on uh, my life as a child and, and give, I know. It to the, give it to those guys so they can see. Right. Cause I didn't have a good childhood. Yeah. I, sur- I survived it. That's you. That's yeah. You make it. I can say about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the beauty of this, Roger, because I we all have things in our childhood that obviously we can say we regret or we have issues with. But like for me, I get as much happiness as a parent seeing my child um, just being just having better than I had yeah. in, in certain yeah. areas. Yeah. And, you know, that's the beauty of life. The same thing would go for you. Like, you know, yeah. you're seeing this in other people and it's a beautiful thing you know, to, to, to observe, you're just like, it fills your heart with love to see that love, you know, you know, when you're going to appreciate it, even the most, I, I think probably the most that, that either one of you could ever appreciate what, what uh, your kids are is when all of a sudden they, they do express their appreciation for what you've done for them. Oh, oh yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. That'll be, that's, there's not much in this world that can get me like either to lose my crap completely and go yeah. blind with fury or, or actually cry. And that's my children. Like if someone messes with my kid, you know, or, you know, if, if, if my kid is sad, there's like my kryptonite. It's the worst. But you know, like these kids, they, they really do bring out the best in us. Like we have a friend that, that is considering getting pregnant and I'm like, 
dude, you should do it. You should totally do it. You're going to become the best version. Of yeah, they really are yeah. like your biggest teachers. Yeah, for sure. So, so okay. thank you, brother. Thank Thanks. you so much, it's been man. so great. We got to come back up there. We love the city. So we're just a matter of time. Oh, we got to go to Jersey. Up. We got to go. And to, we got to do a Jersey, go just like just a Jersey trip. Yeah, like this. Come to Jersey. Do, the, do the Jersey shore. We got to do the Jersey shore. <laughs> or just, I, I don't even need to go to Jersey shore. Honestly, like I've been there several times. I love Jersey. It's so beautiful. I do love Jersey. People don't understand how beautiful Jersey is. That's the oh, you, haven't, the gardens. You, haven't, you haven't been to flames yet. So. Oh yeah. That's the other thing. He's oh, at flames. The Steakhouse. Ooh, goes, we got to go to flames. It's, it's great. Oof, I'm there. I mean, my only regret was they 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 brought out the uh, prime rib after I'd eaten too much meat. Oh, that's <laughs> the, the worst. worst. You're like, man, I'm full now. You should have brought that out before. You got to ask for it right away. Start with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what we do, man. Right when we get there, we say we I'm want like, picanha. Yeah, we don't want be messing around. Bring pork, the lamb chops. Bring lamb the chops stuff. and lamb, uh, lamb leg of lamb. <laughs> but and again, seriously, Roger, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you guys too. Thank you very much to you. Da 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 da
Da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da da